What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news and the most talented people with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've been having guests uh, recently. Yeah. Uh, it's always nice to have guests, mm. but this particular guest we have in front of us has been not only making waves, but also mm. in the news a lot. Yeah. And for good reason. Exactly. Uh, and we have we would like to welcome none other than Sprint Queen, Shanti Pereira. Hello. Woo. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Well, Did, it's a, well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for for coming by the studio no, amidst yeah, your crazy no schedule. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Because we are literally recording in between uh, a competition you just had in Europe mm-hmm. uh, and the upcoming Asian Games. Yeah. That yeah. is happening in two weeks. In two weeks' time. Two weeks' yes. time. Two weeks' time I leave. Yeah. Mm. So now I know I know when you came in we offered you an old chunky curry puff you're like uh, <laughs> no thanks no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks. keeping off that for at least the next two weeks like. so did, uh. did you just come from like a big training session this morning or something uh no so I mean today I had a school engagement in the morning okay so okay. I was at the morning assembly and I gave like a inspirational talk uh. <laughs> hopefully they got inspired yeah but about what about about, about like just I was saying like about my journey and like mm. yeah I think it was more for like the sec force because the O-levels mm. are coming soon got so it. after the I talked to the main cohort then I had like a intimate Q&A with the sec force mm. and a lot of the questions had to do with like um how do you make prep for all your races oh. and this kind of thing then mm. I realised oh like they're asking because of their own levels are coming they stress <laughs> I think <laughs> also, I don't know maybe they're, they're trying to deal with stress I mean that's what I perceived okay. from uh, not everything sp- that they were asking me that. not specifically about uh, running or, or you think IPPT, yeah, is it? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people are just kind of intrigued with what I do so yeah, yeah they're just asking whatever questions there was because I think it's Interesting to see me race at all these big meets because mm, like mm, mm. they don't really understand, so they just ask ask me whatever questions they could. Mm. Come and how how you um how you settling into this role of not only being a sports person but an ambassador of sorts yeah. for the whole sport and I mean the whole sporting fraternity like, right? Yeah, how I are you mean, feeling about it? It's nice. Um, you know, previously I think maybe like two three years ago I would think of this as like pressure uh, and I'll, I'll be a bit scared that people are looking up to me in this kind mm. of way. But now I'm really just embracing it. I think I'm really happy that people find my story like encouraging, mm. inspiring and, and they relate to it um, in their own kind of way. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm just very appreciative of that, I guess. Um, yeah, it's just and, a nice feeling. And when did that change happen particularly? Because you've been running for a long time, long right? Long time, <laughs> yeah. Like your first run was in primary school, right? That's I mean, I started. first started track in primary school, but primary like school. first started representing Singapore in like uh, senior level when like I was 17, so 10 years ago. 10 years, 10 years ago. ago. And and how would you say like you you say now you is it like over just the course of this year that you have kind of embraced this role? Yeah, I would say like this year and last year mm. probably was where like I started seeing things a bit differently, perceive what mm. I was doing a bit differently, la. Mm. And yeah. what changed? I don't know. <laughs> mm. Okay. Honestly, like so yeah, I've been going through quite a lot. Like before twenty twenty two, I've just been like up and down for so long, ever since I won the goal at the 2015 SEA Games, then mm. I think people kind of just expected a lot from me. Mm. And I was very scared that every competition I couldn't deliver, mm. you know. Yeah, so like, after so many years, I just kind of realized that, you know what, 
Like, why am I even listening to all of these people? Like, why mm. is all of this scaring me? Because it's, I mean, it's my own journey lah. Like, why do I need to care about what other people are saying about me? Oh yeah, yeah. and at that point, a lot of people started saying like, I'm um, one-hit wonder, like, I am oh. like, done already, mm. that kind of thing. So, and it really did affect me. It affected me quite a bit that like, mm. I was so scared of training. I didn't want to go and like, I didn't want to compete because I knew I was going to do badly mm. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I guess over time, uh, it just kept eating at me. And last year, like actually three weeks before the SEA Games mm. was when I finally switched. <laughs> like it was the most oh, really? random thing ever because three months before the SEA Games last year, I was still doing really bad times. Like nowhere near gold medal standard mm. for SEA Games. Mm. So it was just quite funny la, that like three weeks before, I'm, I was just like fed up. I'm like, okay, you know what? Like I'm done with feeling sorry for myself. Mm. I'm just going to do what I've been doing. Like, mm. I know this is something I want to do and there's a reason why I haven't given up all this time. Yeah. You know, I know that running is just something that I feel like I was born to do. Mm. You know? And um, it's made me who I am today. Yeah. So, it's always going to be a part of who I am. So, let's just embrace it. La. And mm. whatever happens, happens. Like, at that point, um, right before Sea Games, I think I was like, ah, yeah, people already have said what they want to say about me. So mm. I got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. So I just went in with that mindset and yeah, just completely changed. And then boom, I won mm. the SEA Games again. So but, ever since then, like it's just been kind of just embracing the journey again okay. and falling in love with my sport again. And yeah, just taking every opportunity as it comes. La. So it was mm. entirely a mindset shift you think that made the difference? I think that was the main thing okay. for sure. And also, um, just my coach helped me with this a lot. He mm. helped me change my perspective of what I do. Mm. So I think the very common thing in Singapore is that you don't see yourself as an athlete first. Mm. You see yourself as having to balance being an athlete and something else. Mm. Yeah. So that's what a lot of people had to go through, including me. Like I was in school mm. while doing track and then I was working while doing track. Mm. And I never ever thought of myself as being an athlete alone, mm. you know, or like first. Like it was never the priority. But he really changed my mindset on that. Okay. That like, you know what? Being an athlete is a 24-7 thing. Mm. Like it's not just the training sessions that I put in that matters. It's what I do every minute of every day. Mm. So it includes refusing the old chunky. It includes like what time I go to bed, uh, what time I wake up. Like I, like I was discussing with you before, like I take a cold shower every morning mm. to have a better day. Like it doesn't just help athletes, like it helps everybody. But because I'm an athlete, it just, you know, enhances the whole experience even more, I mm. guess. Yeah. So, so did it surprise, did it surprise you how much of an impact that had? It did, it did. Like, I started seeing things just so differently. And yeah, I mean, I honestly, until today, I just find it like very amazing la, that, you know, just small things that you do in your everyday can contribute so much mm. to my performance. Mm. So, yeah. So that means now, like, I can't imagine what it must be feeling as you're leading up to Asia, the Asian Games, which which you said is the fourth fourth major tournament this year, year right? yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting year. Mm. Um, it doesn't usually happen. So, usually, like, in a season, you have maybe one or two major competitions that you will want to peak for. Yeah. But this time around, I have four, and it 
starts from like, and it started in May and it's ending in October. <laughs> mm, mm. So very, very long season because I had to prepare for the May one, which means I had to start early and that was like in Australia yeah. and, and all that. Sorry, I did bop. <laughs> <laughs> what would an athlete, oh, what so would an athlete do? Yeah. What would an athlete do in that situation? So that's an athlete training. Yeah, athlete yeah. training. Yeah. The breathing, rest, breathing, re- breathing sorry, exercise. Sorry, sorry, breathing sorry. exercise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, it's tricky sometimes where you mm. have to kind of plan for these kind of situations. Because mm. um, you're trying to peak at every single one of these major competitions. Yeah, and yeah. Can, yeah, like I said, it can be quite tricky. But so far, we've, we've managed to maneuver it and now yeah. yeah ready for the last one uh. okay mm. but just going back uh to you know because you talked about being a role model or, or inspiration for people right um so do you think that what what you're saying earlier that it's if someone thinks of themselves as an as a student first or as a you know whatever job you're doing first and then as an athlete you would never be able to hit the same level of success as someone who you know looks as themselves well, as athlete first I mean, I can't speak for everybody. Okay. That's for sure. Like, I know my process is that, you know, when I was doing both, it was very overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. Especially when I started working. That was when it really hit. Like, being a student, I think it's quite normal. Like, you do mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. But when you start working, that's when it gets very difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, but then again, that's me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like I wouldn't have performed as well if I were to continue in that situation versus mm. now being a professional athlete, lah, just full-time training. Uh, yeah, I but see. I mean, other people, if they have that kind of <laughs> ready-to-go mindset any minute of the day, then I mean, good mm. for them. You know, like, the fact that they can do that is quite amazing. Yeah. But, yeah. but is that something that a lot of athletes kind of face? Like whether or not to pursue full-time versus... Because I know like other sports as well, everybody has like a day job or a lot and yep. you do this on the side. Mm-hmm. Is that something that, that people are always evaluating whether or not to take the leap? I think so, yeah. I mean, I was very fortunate that I was part of the, I got selected with part of this uh, sports excellence scholarship mm-hmm. la, that allowed me to train full-time. But, you know, if people who are not given this opportunity, then it gets tricky. La. Like mm-hmm. when they want to decide, okay, is this something worth pursuing? Because if you're not, on this scholarship to find a way to make a living what <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's not not easy yeah so I guess people do so, go well, through that mm, yeah I mean you were saying that there were a lot of downs so were there moments where you felt like oh you know uh, throwing in the towel in terms of yeah Netflix oh my career? god so many times but like never to the point where I'm like I want to give up la. okay yeah mm. it's never reached that point I mean I after I do a training session then I'm like lying I'm like oh my god like why am I doing this mm. I hate this so much why am I here I don't do this anymore but I know that's just an overreaction of me mm. <laughs> at that particular point in time because yeah. I'm just so frustrated with whatever happened, la, like the training session or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've never reached that point where I'm like, okay, I I want to throw in the towel. Because, mm. mm. I don't know, call it cliche or something, but like I said before, like, I feel like I was born to do this. La. And mm. I guess recently or like last year, I felt that I don't want to waste this talent that God has given me, mm. you know, so I just want to pursue it for as long as I can. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, so then, what is it you love about like sprinting, uh, And I don't mean just athletics, yeah, just sprinting, because yeah. because I can imagine a lot of people the thought of like running and all it just feels like you're putting yourself through pain <laughs> all the time yeah. for a race that for two races like one that is less than twelve seconds, mm. one is less than twenty three seconds. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, but what is it you love about it? 
you know, I'm not very sure. Mm. <laughs> All right, next question. Not, <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, I mean, I first started out because um, my sister was doing it. Mm, okay. um, she was a national athlete when I was in primary school. So mm. that's how I just started. And I only did the events because she was doing the events. Okay. You know, like it wasn't because I really wanted to do the 100 and 200. It's because I wanted to follow her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then I just found out I was good at it. And then over time, I guess, especially in the past few years, I found like there's really an art to sprinting that mm. is just interesting and very hard to um, completely understand and hard to execute. Mm. And just seeing that progress every day of you being able to uh, slowly get to that point of like perfection in sprinting is just like just little achievements that you go through every day, which is mm. very mm. satisfying. How about mm-hmm. the the competition aspect? Do you do you find yourself a very competitive person in all aspects of life? I or? think so. Yes, uh. <laughs> I think so, lah. Okay. I think I'm quite competitive. Uh, I guess you kind of have to be, lah. Right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like like sprinting for bus, everything you must sprint to the front and all. <laughs> I was quite competitive in primary school, lah. Like okay. I remember, uh, I always be very on, like during PE. Mm. But then the rest of my classmates not on, on. <laughs> I would oh. be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just because I wanted to like have that kind of competitive fun thing mm, mm, during mm. during PE, but a lot of people didn't feel the same way as me. Mm. But outside yeah. of sports, like do you do you have that same competitive streak? Like you play board games, you must win and kind. Okay, no like no no I guess so. Then I guess it's just in sports lah. <laughs> well, like yeah, let's say yeah, you yeah. go to a uh, like friend's place or like a, uh, there's a ping pong table or something. Yeah, mm. are you the kind who like if you lose when playing with friends, it would stick with you? No, like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. Cause okay, I know okay. I know where my craft lies lah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> ping pong is not my thing. So. But then you say well, I challenge you. I, I challenge you to the other room ah. Then then you. Nah, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. We lose here. We go to the track tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I see, I see. have you ever actually laid that laid that no, gauntlet no, no. down? I've never done that. No, yeah, uh. no. Uh. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah la, Usually, when like play different kind of sports, I'm like, okay la, Generally, quite okay. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, speaking about competition, like uh, just like last month, you had the World Athletics Championship, yeah. right? Mm. Like how how is there anything that you see about the other athletes? You know, like the people who are like the global world record holders, that you feel like, wow, there is something about them that over years that 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 is inspirational to you that you want to take back from just being around them. Honestly, right, is their head, wow, mm. like mm. the mental pressure they must face, right? Like is crazy. Like it just okay. You know that Usain Bolt is like the goat, yeah. right? And yeah. because you see like, okay, yeah, he's been winning every single like three, three Olympics in a row. Yeah, Like you true. just see that and you go like, okay, wow, that's amazing. But like, you don't realize how much of a mental aspect that plays. Mm-hmm. You know, like to be able to come to a competition, a major competition after so many people have been saying shit about you mm. and having so many fierce competitors and to just go there have that confidence and win like that's mm. freaking amazing eh? mm. <laughs> you know and that's what all of these athletes have to go through like especially those that won in previous editions so like mm. previous world champions previous Olympic champions the pressure that they have to face going into another one it's crazy. And then mm. when they actually do it, it's like, wow, like, I salute you, man. Like, it's, um, it, I just find it very amazing. Like, I'm always in awe mm. of, of them. But yeah. what, so, I mean, yeah, because 
I think uh, sprinting is not not a lot of people are very well versed with uh, mm. you know at, at, of the sport at the high levels. Uh. What is going through your mind when you are like about to start a race? Because uh? mm. we see you, you know, you're looking very, everyone's looking very intense and everything. But here you are saying that, you know, what's, what, what's going on in people's minds is amazing. Yeah. What is going through your mind at that point? Um, actually, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that's the goal. Like I want oh. to have a completely clear mind because, I mean, I guess it's the same thing like before exam. Lah, okay. Mm, like you okay. don't want to overcrowd your mind. With oh, okay. all this information and then you suddenly like stress, oh. you know. So that's the same thing. Like because in a sprint, right, there's so many different technical aspects that I can think about yeah. that I do during training. So like there's the start. Then the start consists of like the first eight steps. Mm, mm. And then um, not only that, but no, sorry, before that, the first step out mm, of the block mm, and mm. then the first eight steps. Yeah. And then you go on to your transition where you come out from the start and you come upright. Mm-hmm. and then there's the final there's the middle like 60 to 80 meters and then there's the final 20 and then there's the dip mm-hmm. I'm talking about 100 meters yeah. Like. yeah Um. so there's so many things I can think of and then that's just the race itself then I think about my f- running form you mm-hmm. know there's like where my knees are like how my hips are positioned like is my core braced mm-hmm. my arms my hands like there's so many things that I work on during training that I want to execute at a race, you know, but I can't think about all these things right yeah. before a race because yeah. then I'd be like, oh my God, there's so many things I need to think about. Yeah, so for me, right before a race, I just tell myself to listen to the gun mm. and um, stay calm. Mm. Yeah, I, just these two things. But I just keep running through my mind before a race. I'm guessing yeah. that has come with practice because it's like a, yeah, when I've sure. tried to meditate in the past, <laughs> yeah. you know, they say, okay, just spend time not thinking about anything. Even one minute is damn hard. Yeah, la, it right? is. Uh, it is. At what point did you feel like, okay, you can finally calm down before a race? Wow. I don't know. Eh. Because when I feel like I can calm down before like, a like race. At uh, what point? Like Was it like uh, just in the past few years where you reached Oh, that, okay. Yeah. yeah, I would say probably in the past two years. Past yeah. two years. Before, I mean, I would overcrowd my mind mm. and just be, yeah, focus on so many different things at once mm. that I can't focus on like what I'm actually there to do. <laughs> mm. <laughs> just to run fast. <laughs> but, you know, we had uh, Ryong on the podcast mm. and one of the things that was very shocking to me la, yeah. was how much, um, how little was out of his control in terms of preparing for a race. Yeah. Like yeah. how much how sleep much, you had yeah. before, whether yeah. your roommate is noisy while you're trying to sleep and, you know, if like the canteen is too far away from where you live and things like that. Like how much of that factors into your prep for yeah, sprinting? Uh, yeah, it plays a huge role. Uh. That's mm. why like before every major comp, I need to have a competition plan. I need to know mm. like, I need to know what I can prepare for. Okay. Like, because I'll make sure I have whatever I have. Uh. Like I'll prepare whatever I can um, mm. before so for example like at the Asian Championships mm. in Bangkok um, I had six races no I had eight races to run so I mm. had the two relay um, yeah. races the first day and then I had 300 meter races and three 200 meter races mm. and so after the 100 meter finals it was on I don't know what day lah, but it was at 6.40pm and then my 200 hits was the next day at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. So that is very little time between mm-hmm. two races. La. And it's not just any race. It's like a 100-meter final. It's mm-hmm. like 
like you're going to win. <laughs> mm, yeah. And then you have to calm down from that, all the adrenaline and then reset and refocus for your next race. Mm. So it's very little time. Mm. And then I also had to take um, the fact that after the race, I knew to go for a prize presentation. Mm, mm, and then after prize presentation, what if I get selected to test for anti-doping? Oh. I need to stay there longer. Mm. So what I did, la, I mean, I knew where I was standing before the Asian Championships. Like I knew mm, that mm. I was in medal contention. Mm. So I could prepare for it. La. So I was like, okay, let's just prepare for a worst case scenario yeah. that I'm going to be there until, let's say, 9.30pm. Mm. So I prepared like dinner. La. I prepared, not dinner, I just prepared a bunch of stuff to eat that will mm. make me full. Mm. So that when I go back to the hotel, I can just go back and sleep. Mm. Like shower, sleep. Yeah, so I don't need to worry about going to the dining hall to get dinner and stuff like that because that's just wasting time. Yeah. Like, mm, the yeah. most important thing is to get proper sleep because mm. the next day I need to be up at like 6 a.m. Mm. Yeah, so, and in the end, the worst ca- case scenario played out. Uh, <laughs> was it? Yeah, because I got the goal and yeah. then I was selected for a test to test oh, for anti doping. Oh. So, I was like, oh my gosh, like, Thank you. Like, I prepared for all mm, this. Mm. I have everything I need with me. My coach was with me. He, yeah. I asked him to carry my foot back and then he just stayed with me the whole time. Mm. And then um, I even managed to squeeze in because I managed to pee very fast. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay. Another talent? Another talent? <laughs> yeah. Actually, no. I always take very long. But oh, I think okay. before my race, I was just like, I was drinking all these energy drinks and stuff I like see, that. I, see, that I, see, I, see. I was like, okay, quite ready to pee. But then the thing about anti-doping is that you have to feel like a minimum amount. Oh, it's see, like 90 see. ml of pee that you need to do. <laughs> oh. And not just that, it needs to be a certain concentration that comes to that diluted. So you oh. can't just drink water, you need to drink other things. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, so thankfully I was at that point, I was like, okay, I know I can feel 90 ml. Mm. <laughs> oh. And I knew I was drinking not just water, so I was like, okay, this is good. And then I went to squeeze time for a massage um, back mm. at the hotel. I see. And then, yeah, I just went a bit. La. And then yeah. you won the next day? La. No, I won no. two days later. Two days later. Two days later. <laughs> the 200 was two days later. So it really is a whole lifestyle thing it's that you need to plan around. It's a whole thing that you have to really, yeah, plan around and prepare for. Yeah. And I mean, like, to be able to prepare for that, I think you have to practice this in your everyday. Mm. Like, all these routines that you go through every day. Mm. Um you don't just do it in competition. It's supposed to be something that is just a part of my life, really. La. So mm. just just so it doesn't feel so miserable when you're actually Yeah, and it doesn't la. feel like too much or too overwhelming uh, okay, you know, okay. when it comes to like the big thing. Mm. I, see, yeah. I see. That means after Asian Games, is there also a plan to kind of like like wean off the intensity of training and yeah, then... Yeah, so after Asian Games, I'm done with my season. Uh, so okay. Then old chunky like, all the way. Old chunky yeah. every day. Not all the way, la, but... <laughs> I get a break. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going like holiday and like I have a break from training for a while uh, before I start again. I see, I see. So, so you know, going into these Asian games, uh, you are the favourite, uh, mm-hmm. right? So does being the favourite kind of drive you? Like, are you more motivated being the favourite or you prefer to go in like the underdog? Um, I, I don't know. Both is good, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I've never experienced this before. Like I've never been a favorite at uh, Asian Games. Like mm-hmm. I've been a favorite at Sea Games before. Mm-hmm. Like I've been like the one I just competed was like my fifth Sea Games, I think, or my sixth. I don't know. So it's never happened to me before, and it's kind of exciting, la. It's quite mm-hmm. cool, you know. I, I've never like experienced this in my life, so yeah, yeah. It's just it's just fun to have this like on me right now. Like when when can I say I'm top in Asia again mm. like I don't know yeah. maybe not next year so yeah I'm just 
taking it in my stride la, as well, much cool. as I can. Yeah. It's cool. You're, you're, you look like you're enjoying it. It's not just a... I really am. It, I really am. Yeah. yeah. Like, this whole year has been, like, just so fun. Mm. You know? Like, I mean, okay. There has been some tough times. Like, I had bad races. I had a few bad mm. races. Like, even in Europe, after the World Championships, um, I had, like, two bad races um, in, like, two different parts of Europe. Mm. And, I mean, it could be from a number of reasons. La. Like, maybe I'm, my body's not totally recovered from... Uh, running at the world champs or yeah. like I just screwed something up at like the start of the race or I don't know something like that but yeah so I just had to like kind of refocus and listen to my coach listen to his feedback and then well, move on from that la. actually just mm. a question how how much can you like look at a tape of a bad race and yeah. break down like what what exactly went wrong and or is it just really like what you felt at the point of time or? Uh, it's kind of both so it's always good to see it pan out la. So okay. my coach always tries to video the whole race. Mm. And if he doesn't, then hopefully there's like a <clears throat> live stream video that we can play mm. back and just see which part can be improved on, which part like was good, which part was a bit. Mm. Wow. And during the race itself, is it also like just, is muscle memory, your mind is blank or you're self-correcting? Because I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 100 meters is so short, right? Yeah. But is there still room <laughs> to do that? Uh, not really. I think, mm. yeah, it's a lot of muscle memory and like, it's just the, because it's such a short race, it's what you're telling yourself before the race. La. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, for 100 especially, it's like, you don't really have time to correct anything. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you do, but you have to like, focus on different, okay, I don't know how to explain this. Mm. Like, okay, for example, um, you might screw up the start. That maybe you're like, the slowest reaction out of the blocks. Mm. But as long as you just kind of stay calm, mm. don't tense up, then you relax. Like, mm. it's kind of interesting where, like, a lot of people think sprinting is like, mm. <laughs> to the end. Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually not. It's actually um, about being mm. relaxed. Mm. Yeah. And then when you're relaxed, your legs naturally move faster. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's quite cool. Uh. So, it, it sounds very different from what Ryong talks about endurance running, where it's pain. See how much pain <laughs> you can tahan all the way. <laughs> It's not yours, it's like the opposite. Like, like yeah. as it's like calmness, yeah. 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 Whereas Ryong is two hours mm. and yeah, so 17 minutes. Who can I don't know, wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, it's, I cannot imagine doing a marathon like, oh my god, 2.4 oh, okay, is okay. hard for me. More so, than one round is hard for me already. But, but uh, do, yeah. do athletes, like sprinters versus marathoners, like, do you all, do you all exchange notes or is it just two entirely different kind of like, I think it's mindsets, very different. You know? Yeah, super different. And okay. like how we prepare for it is so different also. Because sometimes the marathon starts at like what, 5, 4 a.m. Mm. And the preparation for that is so different. Like what time do you sleep? Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like what time do you eat? Like it's just extreme. Yeah. But can you, see, can you see like certain personality personality types gravitating towards printing? Of course, there's the, there's the, there's the physiology of your body. But I know I've spoken to some doctor friends and they say, yeah, all the heart surgeons kind of like have this sort of like personality. All the anesthesists have this sort of personality. Is that a similar kind of thing in Is track? it? No, eh? It's not something no. I notice. Eh? No. Yeah, I see all different kinds of personalities <laughs> in sprinting. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, not I just sprinting. Know. Like sprinting versus middle distance runners versus long distance I runners. I don't really, yeah. Like uh, all the marathoners just It's not just really something pain, I notice. La. No. <laughs> no, I mean, you can say that about 400 meter runners also. Right? Mm, You're just in true. love with pain. Like my, my boyfriend, he was an ex uh, 400 meter mm. national sprinter. Mm. So, and he's just like, he can just keep going, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, and even now, like he loves doing like endurance runs 
for fun, um, like leisure to keep fit. Yeah. And you don't, Shanti, but you're an athlete. I mean, <laughs> wait lah, wait until I... <laughs> no, but it's, like you, you mentioned before we started recording, right, that, that, that people kind of think an athlete means you must be able to run Everything. every distance. Mm. Yeah, so that's something like a lot of people, I guess, I totally understand. It's very mm. easy to relate to long distance running mm. because it's a lot easier to get into. Mm. Like, for leisure, people go for long runs all the time. Mm, they do yeah. like 5Ks around their house, that kind of thing. Nobody goes on like a... 100 meters. Like a 100 meters sprint <laughs> like outside their house in their running shoes down uh, the slope in the grass or something, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. So I totally get it. Um, mm. It's just a very different like mindset, you know, differentiating the two. Mm. But I get asked so many times like, what's my 2.4 timing? Oh. And people always get so disappointed with my answer <laughs> because I say, oh, because, okay, I'll tell you, my fastest was when I was like in sec three because mm. we had to do it. It was like yeah. nafates, right? Um, and it was like 11 minutes something only. Uh, like, not no. fast. Yeah. <clears throat> so then they're like, oh. <laughs> wow. That's not very fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I don't do long distance. Oh. <laughs> like the body type and muscle um, groups and everything is just completely different. Like oh. I have more like fast twitch muscles mm. that help me with my sprint events Yeah, yeah. versus like long distance running that, you know, I don't know if you call it slow twitch, but like, yeah, like, it's just a different set of muscles so now that they have all together. Even your training does not involve like running any sort of long distance. Or... No, not at all. And that's a conscious thing. Like, yeah, uh... yeah, 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 yeah. I mean like we're building um endurance but for short Burst. bursts. But mm. like, we're not doing like a f- two-hour run or, or anything like that. Like. Mm. Yeah, so it's just com- really different training also like all together. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, so like on my off season, I do like a lot of endurance-based stuff but like 300 meters, 400 meters at mm. a time interval kind of thing. It, uh, is, is it actually true? Because I've heard like um, just a layman's perspective uh, that okay, if you want a, a sprinter, you should not spend too much time <coughs> stretching your muscles because it would lose the, the, the fast twitch. Is there any truth to that at all? Uh, no. It's good no. to stretch. <laughs> yeah. It's good to stretch. I mean, if you're a bit more flexible, that's always a plus. Mm. You know, it's always a good thing. Mm. Um, but how we stretch um, sometimes might be a bit different. Like, mm. not so much static stretches all the time. Mm. More dynamic movements. Mm. Yeah. Because you're trying to not just stretch something, but stretch while strengthen. Mm. So yeah, it's quite different. Lah. So the the stretches that my coach asked me to do is very dynamic, it involves weights, it involves like some movement, not just completely static. Lah. I see, I see. Yeah. So I mean you you mentioned your sport, uh not the most easily relatable to every person. Um, but you also at the same time say that uh you notice that your story has people do resonate lah, with like your story. So <laughs> What aspect of your training or the endurance and the hardship of your what you do day to day do you think has resonated with people who don't sprint? Like mm. how can they apply that to whether their studies or their work or what? Yeah, I think it's because like in the, you know, past few years it's been out there, it's in the news mm. that like, you know, I lost like two scholarships and like I had to face with pressure, like all these kind of things. I think mm. that's where people kinda can relate to my story mm. a bit more because in their own life, they also feel like pressured by something, whether it's work or school or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, I mean, the specifics, I don't think people are very um, educated about what 
exactly I do every single day. Mm. Like, I, some people think I just sprint for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> just running back, yeah. back, back and forth, back and forth. Like, back. when they ask me how long is your training, I say, oh, about three and a half hours. And they, how you just keep running? <laughs> three and a half hours. I say, no. Like, I do different things. Like, uh, I do like, because my speed sessions, right, mm. are not like just constant sprints every few minutes. Mm, it's yeah. like, I do accelerations and that's like the first 30 meters. Mm. I do that like maybe six to seven times only. And it requires a lot of rest because like speed work is like takes so much out of your muscles, right? You need mm. to properly recover before each set. Yeah, so it's not like a three and a half hours of <laughs> just running. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but back to what you were saying. Yeah, I think it's more like the emotional part of my journey la, that mm. people have been able to relate to. But mm. also, I mean, I'm hearing that the living the athlete life, like lifestyle mm. and understanding that it's the little, little tweaks you do every day that, that you know, at the end of the day, the race, like you said, you just want to be relaxed. Yeah. So it's every, it's the prep that goes up to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but I mean, do you, do you feel that that, um, that is something that you can apply, you know, uh, to your life after or even outside of sports? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think, in no matter what you're doing, I think it's important to have these kind of like routines set in place. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not just to help me with my performance, it's helped me just to be a more well-balanced person. Oh, okay. You know, overall. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, anything that you need, like I always take some time, my, some time out of my day to just uh, have a bit of self-care, just like take okay. care of myself, you know. Because sometimes I feel like I need it when yeah. I've had too much in a day. I just need some time to myself. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, stuff like that. And during that time, you need to have your own routines. La. Like, whatever mm. works for you, um, you know, to help you relax and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, it has helped me in my journey so far, but mm-hmm. definitely something everyone can do Yeah. Um, in their daily life. La. Mm-hmm. And for me to take after I'm done. What's the secret juice to help you relax? Or in, you know, secret in the juice, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much. Eh? <laughs> I just like to watch like Modern Family, you know. Modern Family. Yeah. Modern, like, family. modern Family. Oh, Modern oh, Family. That's, yeah. that's your way of relaxing. That's my way of relaxing. <laughs> like, and I watch it on repeat. So I watch uh, the whole season, like, I don't know, 20, oh, really? 30 times really. Oh, again, yeah. Again. I just watch it all the like, whatever I'm doing, like, when I'm just making relax, breakfast, uh. making breakfast, I just play in the background. Oh. When I'm eating breakfast, I watch. Uh, yeah. oh. When like, yeah, I just, I'm not doing anything. In the middle <laughs> of competitions? Like like, not you, in the middle. Actually, no, yeah. Like, oh, if I'm at a stadium very early, then I watch some Warner Fan person. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Singapore's top athlete, Asia's sprint queen, so uses Modern Family to relax. Phone, it's not like instructions from a coach <laughs> no, or anything. I just it's watch modern some Modern Fan. <laughs> I just like, chill out, man. Like, wow. that's the, yeah, that's the secret. <laughs> but what, 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 about, what about Modern Family just like, I don't know, it's just funny. It's a funny show. Oh. And like, I love, I mean, do you all watch? Yeah, I I've yeah, seen I've episodes, seen, yeah. but I'm, I'm not that like fanatic uh, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, like I just love the characters. It's just a funny show, la, And it helps me. And relax. there's probably some familiarity, la, right? Uh, like if you've watched there? it that many times. No, it's just a nice show. Okay, it's not just modern mm. film, but that's like the main one. I also rewatch a lot of New Girl, a lot of um Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh-huh. Uh, just yeah. like very light-hearted sitcoms, la, You know. Oh. I like that style. Uh, you yeah. don't watch like the presidential broadcast where Taman mentioned your name or anything. Over, 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 over. Don't worry, don't worry. I watch, I watch, don't worry. <laughs> she watched, she watched. It's not 10 times. It's not 10 times. Speaking of these small differences, right? Like, is there really a big gap between like, let's say, the setup of athletes training in Singapore versus like countries like the US, you know? Because I remember in school, 
one of my friends who used to play tennis, he said he went to the to Bangkok for a trip. And over there, the tennis players, you get hooked up with all these stats. And when you serve, then they analyze everything about your serve. And he said it blew his mind. Mm. Is there... Is, are we moving towards that or does it actually make a difference or like like um how 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 do you make of that like have you had any experiences abroad where you're like oh this is a structural change that can really be helpful mm. um yeah i guess for like track and field per mm. se um yeah i've been abroad i've kind of seen what other training groups are doing overseas versus what we're doing at home mm-hmm. and i mean i think they just Especially in the US, they have a very, very large focus on sports. Lah. And mm-hmm. so I think like there's a lot of passion when it comes to it. And like the athletes are just there to just train hard and hopefully represent the country. Because in the US, it's so competitive. Yeah. Like because so many of them, maybe 10 or 15 girls are hitting like the Olympic qualifying standard. Mm. So they and they, there's only three sports per country mm. in, in the Olympics and World Championships. So like, those 20 girls have to fight for a spot mm. in the Olympics whereas like they're running even faster times than me but I'm there. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's just a whole different look on like especially in the US for sports. Mm. And in Europe like um, it's just such a strong culture like everybody loves it so much that like mm. that's why you have all these circuits going on in like for in like the entire summer period. Like mm. every three days there's a competition happening in some part of Europe. Mm, yeah. Whereas here, you don't really see that as much. Or like, not just Singapore, but in Asia yeah. in general. Because mm. like, um, they don't have that kind of same timetable. Or maybe they're not fully knowledgeable about what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. Yeah, so it's just very different. Uh, very I think Ruel mentioned that also, right? The culture yeah. of sports yeah, yeah, yeah. that are abroad. Yeah, and yeah, it's really different. Yeah. yeah. But, but for you, um, I mean, aside from yourself or your coach or, or what, the, who who is the most uh, nervous or happiest for you during for your races? Like, is it your family or or what? Um, who's the most nervous? Uh? yeah, I would say, uh, my family, my boyfriend for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like they are the ones that really know. <laughs> they know everything. Like mm. they know like how it has been the past few years and yeah. like the preparation that goes into each race. Um, the posts event feelings and all that kind of thing like they're really mm. there through it all so especially my boyfriend like, because he was an athlete before mm. so and he trained under my coach I so see. he knows like exactly what it is that I'm going through like yeah whenever I'm training and competing and stuff so, so even when he that, probably feels the most like, that yeah. the, the switch that you talked about that happened you also you talk to him and you, you talk to your family yeah yeah he's it. the one like he and my family and my coach they all helped me get to that place la. Mm, yeah mm. I mean it's always like that right like the people around you constantly tell you the same thing but you don't actually listen mm, until like uh, something in you finally clicks yeah also throughout the way your family has always been like be, they've been pushing you to like make this like your full yeah honestly oh. yeah they are my they've been supporting me ever since I decided to join track la. like mm. um yeah, even when um, like I was just finishing up school, they asked me like, do I want to do this full time? And I said, yeah, of course. But then they said like, if you want to, we can support you. Like, mm. no problem. Like, you don't need to go and work. I'm like, huh, I cannot lah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I can't make you do that for me. Like, that's, that's crazy lah. But yeah, that's just how much they really support me. But, mm. but was there, like, was there anything, because I can imagine, especially in the Singapore setting, 
I would imagine more families would be like, you sure you want to do this full time? Yeah. Mm. Uh, anything about like them that now you look back, you're like, okay, they are very special in that way. Like, what made them so open to supporting you full time? Was it they they watched the race of you and they're like, wow, this this girl's gonna make make magic happen? Um, well, I mean, they went through it with my sister, mm-hmm. you know, because she was an athlete also. And I think, yeah, since then, I guess they realized like when their kids find something that they're passionate about. Because I have that sister and I have two other siblings, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whenever we found something we're passionate about, they just said like, go for it. Mm. yeah and um, my mom and dad used to run like in school mm. they were never national athletes or anything but they used to run so I guess they can understand where that love comes from mm. yeah and like if we get a chance to make like the full use of it then like go for it lah yeah. mm, I see but well, there must be quite a um, do, you, do you look around and see that uh, you're quite lucky in that way like, yeah, it doesn't for sure. exist for a lot of people in Singapore yeah like. yeah yeah like not a lot of people can say that they have this kind of situation yeah. so I'm very very thankful mm. oh. do you have like track and field meets within your family like if your parents <laughs> no were, <laughs> no, uh, <it's, laughs> no no no, no, like no the no. yearly yearly family no, no. <laughs> <meet>. <laughs> nothing like that <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean yeah la, we all just it's just something nice to have yeah. mm. so, so you know like in terms of like looking forward not just a few weeks the interesting thing about an athlete, like a professional athlete, is that there is a finite time that mm-hmm. you are at your peak, la, mm-hmm. right? And and how do you think about that? Um, I used to think that uh, I would stop like around now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think cause just just the general perception of sports, la, like mm. here especially, like um, there's a certain age limit which is around now, but then I go overseas, I compete overseas, you see like people who are like in their 30s, mm, 35 mm. even winning mm. competitions, yeah. you know. So yeah, I think especially now after this year, I kind of see that I'm not done anytime soon. So mm. I can go on for hopefully longer. Because mm. mm. you also qualified for the Olympics next year, right? Yes, I did. Mm. For the 200 meters. For 200 meters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That's crazy. And what is the qualifying mark for the 100 meters? It is eleven zero seven, and right now I'm at eleven two zero. Oh man! Yeah, wow. <laughs> wow. it's a lot. It's a big jump. Four hundred meters is a big jump. Yeah, yeah. But like, is that part of your training before every competition? Like, okay, this is the mark that I want to meet, or like, uh, how how do you plan for or uh, meet? Um. Yeah. So I mean, for the two hundred, that's something that my coach and I were working towards, lah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. We were hoping, um, I mean, we could see like when I was training and the times I was doing in training, we knew that, okay, I'm at a place where I can fight for a 22.57 or below. Mm. Yeah. So, um, going into the world championships or going into just the whole Europe stint in general, we knew that, okay, one of the races, we can definitely aim to do this. Mm. Yeah. And so like before the, before the 200 hits, I guess that's where our hits were really at. Like, okay, like, I feel good. Mm. Um, so let's go for it. La. Yeah. Mm. And so, yeah. It was like on the dot. Okay. <laughs> Think yeah, 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 on, the dot. on the dot. So I was just like, wow, like, that was really insane. Like, yeah, because I mean, we always have a race plan. Like, we always mm. discuss what the race plan is, what it is that we want to, f- I want to focus on um, at what point of the race. And for the, for the 200, it's, um, a little bit different. It's not like a one-time boom. Like, it's a bit longer, right? You mm. have to do 
two um, hundred meter parts to deal with. So for the two hundred, it's very like it's a bit more technical, I guess. Like you have to think about how you negotiate the curve mm-hmm. and how you come out of it, and maintaining that form as you reach the end. Yeah. So the main thing we're focusing on was like what was it? It was hammering, I think. Like we like to use the word hammer, mm. Yeah. So like just really hammering all the way mm. until the end. Mm. Yeah. So. Wow. so so like all this yeah. um basically where you are now, I mean, it sounds like uh it, it's a it's a good place, like, right? In terms mm. of you enjoying the competition, enjoying yeah. where you are. Was this something that when you started out you envisioned that this day would come, like, Where you would be at peace with with everything. And not say at peace, but like you know, doing what you love at the same time not worrying about the pressure and, and yeah. everything. No, I never ever thought this this oh, time really? would come for me. Yeah. I guess I never knew what it felt like, I mm, guess. Because mm, um, before this, it was just always like, oh, like I need to maintain a certain level and like, you know, show people that I'm still good enough, that kind of thing. Mm, mm. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> even when and when Ruyong told us, oh, okay, Shanti's down for coming on the podcast, I was yeah. like, oh, you mean like two weeks before Asian Games, she's down to to come on our podcast, or <laughs> maybe she figured that's part of her plan? I you know I train, 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 go on a podcast. This is all part of the training routine. I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, it's not part of my training routine, but I um I block off everything the week before. Mm. Yeah, so that's next week, lah. So this yeah. week, I, that's why I'm doing all my engagements this week. I have there been like a lot? Like, have you been inundated with quite a bit? So I did have to like reject some. Mm. Um, just try to. Still, because I still want to be able to train properly this week. Mm. Yeah, without too much distractions or anything. So, mm. I have to plan the time properly. La. So, do you ever think about, because you know, like like now compared to maybe 20 years ago as an athlete, now there's almost this other side of being a public figure mm. where you have a brand on social media. Yeah. You know? <laughs> mm. Do you face that pressure or is it something that you think is inevitable regardless of what you do? Or are there some athletes who just don't even have an Instagram account? Yeah, so there are some mm. that don't care about social media mm. at all. But I mean, I like social media. Um, so I understand that now it is very different from what it was last time where you have to maintain that kind of standing mm. Um, mm. on social media. La. So it is hard. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how people do it. Like, it's honestly very tricky. La, you yeah. know? Especially if like brands come on board and um, want to work with you and then mm. you have to make time out to edit videos or take yeah. pictures or whatever it is. So, mm. yeah, it, it can get a bit overwhelming and, and difficult to manage. Mm. Yeah. But you see there's a benefit also. La. For sure. I mean, um, I guess, like I said before, like, I'm always happy that my story can kind of inspire people in their own way. Mm. Mm. So, if that means that happens on my social media or so, then, yeah, it's always a nice thing to do. Mm. Do you have any, like, role models in athletics? Be it, like how how they are juggling like every aspect of being a public figure or just for their talent and dedication? Um, honestly, right, I don't really have a role model mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't know. I feel like I have been to all these like world championships and Olympics already that I feel like they appreciate when people treat them as human beings. <laughs> oh. You know, like I always get that sense like, um, when I when I compete overseas la. Mm. like we're all especially if an athlete looks up to another athlete I think they would want to feel like like hey like I'm just like you you know mm. like 
Yeah, and so whenever whenever I'm overseas, I really just respect that we're all doing the same thing. Mm. Um, and it's quite cool, lah. Like I can say that I'm in the same place as these people. Mm. I mean, obviously not achieving the same things as they are, lah. Not yet, lah. Not, yeah. not yet. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not see. yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I always have this sense like we're all in the same journey or on the same boat. Mm. So there's a general sense of camaraderie amongst athletes. Because I mean, it's I a very individual so. sport, right? Yeah. So so going in, like, do you know all the other athletes you'll be competing with in the Asian Games? Uh, Asian Games, yes. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, do you have like a WhatsApp group or okay, something Okay, no, like? no, no. It's not like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that. It's not like that. But uh. yeah, because a lot of us have been competing together for a very long time. Really. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's always like, um, like you said, like a sense of uh, camaraderie la, when it comes to these kind of competitions yeah and even when I was in Europe la, like because I did so many meets like every few weekends right mm. and it's always the same few girls because mm. everyone there is there to compete in the circuit and mm. so whatever meet that they can get into then yeah. they'll just compete in and sometimes we end up at the same places so then like like yeah, at the end of the day, you're competing against each other. You're trying to get more points than each other. But, mm. like, it's still, like, it's nice because you're all on the same journey together. You're all doing the same thing. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, because mm. like whenever at the end of a race, you know, like, the other competitors hug each other and all, I always think, like, how much of that is, like, real? <laughs> is it real or is it just, like, for the camera? But it's real. La. I feel like it's real. La. Mm. Yeah, I think it's just all of us know that we all put in so much hard work to mm. be there. Mm. And just in a way happy for everyone mm. yeah. do, do you feel the same for uh, Singapore athletes in other sports also like when you go for these games and everything mm. and you see athletes in other sports do you there's this, this sense of this sense of like we're all in this together you know Majula Singapura yeah for sure like really? always yeah like if we get the chance usually it's a bit hard la, to um, go to watch another sport oh okay because we're usually there for a certain period of time and it's only during our like when athletics is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if we get a chance to go and see, then that's very fun. La. And if we see like them excel, it's like, it's great. It's mm. just great to experience. Yeah. That, oh. There was a, a video of uh, you kind of like getting quite emotional when the mm. anthem was playing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I was you, crying the whole time. <laughs> did you expect to get that emotional? No, I didn't. Oh my God. Did you go in like, I'll be cool, I'll be cool, I'll be cool. I, and yeah, then, but oh my God, I don't know what happened, okay? Like, uh, I was just like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, I was already tearing up before the the, mm. the, the prize presentation. Like, mm. when I was waiting, there's like a room, la, like a medal presentation room. Yeah. So I was just waiting there. And I was just replaying my race. Wow, then I just keep crying. Eh. Like, oh my God, what's happening? But anything about different about that race, that medal, compared to your previous uh, medals? Uh, Well, I mean, yeah, of course, that was the Asian Champs 100 meters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, that it was, was like the, the biggest it, thing that uh, I've okay. ever done. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, and it was the way I won also, I mm. guess. It was like, I started off at the back and then I really just, like I said before, like I stayed relaxed. Mm-hmm. I kept calm. And then I really just uh, came into the lead at the end. Mm. Oh, in 100 meters. I was like, yeah. oh my God, I got so emotional. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I mean, that means it's not really even yeah. just about, oh, Singapore won or what, but it's about how you ran the race yeah, and everything and like, went to a clone. Yeah, exactly. Plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the race, I was like, oh my God, like, okay, like, I really, I stuck to my race plan. Mm. Uh, my coach told me, okay, before the race, I mean, at the start, I have a rep that my reaction is not very good. La. Okay, mm. so I'm always like one of the last few out of the blocks. Mm. They said, okay, in my, 
you'll probably be the last one on the blocks, but it's okay. You just stay calm and yeah, like execute whatever it is that you've been doing. Mm. And then yeah, don't worry about the rest. Oh, yeah, mm. so that's exactly what I did. And so when I finished, I was like, oh my God, like I did it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. That's why I was really very emotional uh, at, oh. for that one. Yeah. And and you mentioned that you have a rep for being uh, slow, slow off the blocks. The blocks. <laughs> Is that something that you're training? Like your coach just I walks am. around with like a air gun like, shut it! <laughs> 24 hours a day. Just <laughs> <in the room. laughs> no, we do this thing where we're like, they escape each other. Oh, <laughs> you know? oh, oh. And then he's time. like, and then sometimes when he does it and I don't react, and he's like, <laughs> you're he's not, not reacting. <laughs> then I'm like, no, coach, like you didn't do it fast enough. Like, uh-huh. You need to do it faster. Then he's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah, like we always do that. They're but is, like, that, is that something that you can train? Or beyond a certain point, um, it's like... I think can train lah. Can, can, can train. Because it's a, it's a nervous system thing. Mm. It's like waking up mm. that nervous system. Mm. Um, before like a hundred meter race lah. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, if it doesn't happen on the day, it doesn't happen lah. Yeah. Then you have to prepare Your for it in la. advance lah. Yeah, just stick to the plan and yeah, see what happens. Uh, so, so you know, over the course of this year, has there been a single moment where you felt like, I don't know, has someone come up to you or have you seen a direct result of what you have achieved in like a regular Singaporean or a young child or anything? Has there been a moment like that? And I, and I speak because I say, I say like, compared to like watching NDP versus a video of you winning, right? Mm. I feel so much prouder being a Singaporean watching your video running. Like, oh, mm. really? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I watch NDP, I'm like, but when like, when you win, and then I'm like, wow, this is this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But ha- have there been people who you have seen, be it like, a, I don't know, a parent or a child, or what was the most meaningful moment for you? Um, I don't know. I feel like I've had a lot of those. La. A lot of people come and tell me like, wow, like I watched your race and I was just so incredibly proud of mm, you. Mm. And then I think for people that wasn't sure of my journey before, like these few races, I guess that's where they kind of like do their research and like find out everything that has happened in the past few years. And they're like, wow, like Shanti, I'm so proud of you, mm. you know. And yeah, a lot of times it's like, it's the kids that, um, train at the same track as me mm. and their parents la, they come up to me and just like tell me these kind of things mm. and um, a lot of the teachers that like track coaches and teachers that have been around for very long la, that they come and tell me so like yeah, we're just incredibly proud of you and all that you've accomplished like after all these years la. so mm. So when you go on the track to train, do people like kind of like empty out the lanes? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) no. If I was the fastest man in Asia, I would totally just walk. I mean, whether it happens, I don't know lah. Like I can't tell, but I don't know. She doesn't go around ordering people to yeah, get off the I track. I don't like, hey, yo, get out. <laughs> out of my way. Yeah. Sprint but if through. they do move out, I don't notice lah. Like, I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you do have to maintain a certain level of track etiquette. For mm, sure. Because mm. you never know what's going to happen. Like, there might be a sprinter coming from like, don't know where. Um, coming at like full speed and you yeah. can't just be in the way you know mm, if you're in the yeah, way yeah. you're gonna fall like sorry yeah. like I'm gonna crash into you mm, yeah. yeah so that's just yeah something that um, like my coach and I kind of notice when we go overseas like some people don't have that kind of track etiquette mm. and like for example you can't put like a set of hurdles in the middle of the track Yeah. if you're not gonna use it mm. you know because then just blocks off the entire lane like you can't use it mm. yeah so. 
Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what will the Sorry. next like couple of you mentioned that the week before it is just prep, lah, right? Um, and 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 like generally, what does that look like? Like just toning down your training, or, or like, um, uh, it's more so like, I guess zoning in a little bit. So training sessions are the same. Mm. Um, okay, no, 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 like this week is a bit more intense. Versus next week and the days leading up to it, mm. um, it's a bit more like fine tuning. Mm. So that basically means um, the intensity is a bit higher, but the volume is lesser. Mm. Yeah, so that's like how my next week and the days before will look like, lah. Mm. Yeah, mm. and then the rest of the time is really just being at home, um, chilling, watching out, modern family, watching yeah. family, watching modern. Family. I mean, the crazy yeah. thing is that this is one of the most spectacular runs that a mm. Singapore athlete has had for, you know, like a span of months, right? Mm. And we are all watching it, like, unfold in front of mm. us in real time. Watching the people interviewing you, Lawrence Wong interviewing you, yeah. Tarman talking about you, and you're still going on to sprint at Asian Games and all that. So, like, like if there's anyone that, like, what's that one message that you are going around telling young people about, you know, uh, fighting through their struggles and all. what's that message that you you are trying to give to people uh, during this this very intense period everyone's watching you yeah um, yeah there's always like especially in the past two years there's just one thing that I always kind of go back to mm. Um, mm. that um, is basically like I only I have the power to determine what happens in my journey mm. and no one else yeah because I did struggle with like just listening to whatever people were saying lah, and then I realized why am I caring about what you think <laughs> mm. about me? Like you don't even know what it's like to be me. So why am I listening to you? Mm, mm. Yeah. So I feel like that resonates with a lot of people because they compare themselves with their peers or yeah. whatever it is. Mm. So it's important for them to realize that um, while that's normal and everyone goes through that, you have to remember that um, it's it's your journey. Lah. Like, mm. It's your story that you're writing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's your race to run. Yeah. <laughs> it's your race to run. It's your race to run. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, and and I mean like um like if people wanted to like follow exactly the the Asian game, is there anything to watch in the lead up to the race or or like when is the date of your race or races? Um so I compete when was I competing? I think I start on the twenty ninth mm. and then that's the first round of the hundred meters. And then the following day, it's the semi-finals and the finals. Mm. And then the following day, is the 200 heats and the semis. And then the following day, is the 200 finals. Mm, I see, so, I see. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be on rewatch, mm. if I'm not wrong. And you'll Similar probably to be the games. posting on social media also, like if people want to follow. Or that only comes uh, after the race. I don't know. See how I feel. See how feel. <laughs> it's you posting, like, it's not like a manager or anything. No, it's me. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's all me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow, that is awesome. Yeah. And and if people wanted to find you, like, are you most active on like Instagram? Instagram or? is where I'm most active. Instagram. Yeah. So, no okay. TikToks yet, lah. I mean, I watch TikTok, but I don't <laughs> post anything. <laughs> That's another way I wind down. I watch TikTok, uh, but like, yeah. it's it's like non-track related. Ah, okay. Content. Yeah, yeah. It's correct, just like correct. beauty, makeup, mm. all these kind of things, and like packing videos. You know, like the. Oh, so you <laughs> yeah. you follow all those hacks, is yeah. it? <laughs> Packing, packing videos, like packing packing cubes, and then uh, like but, but organizing drawers, organizing fridge. But that's, work that's, your work, that's your work also, right? Like preparing for a race and all. 
yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah la. It helps me with the, yeah la. I mean, it's not work, but it's helping mm. me relax, right? <laughs> During mm, yeah, yeah, my yeah. non-work. Yeah, so that's my algorithm. Packing <laughs> <laughs> videos. Packing videos. Packing videos. videos. Well, yeah. Like cooking, la, a lot of cooking. Oh, okay, stuff, okay. So. Cooking. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Oh, but that's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you for taking the time to come and uh, speak to us and, thank and you share for with the me. audience. Yeah. But we always end with uh, something that we can share with our audience, right? Mm. Something that they can experience themselves or what. It's called one shock thing. Yeah. Uh, and Harish, you have your one shock thing. We'll do ours first okay. and then, then come to yours. Yeah. yeah. You, have, you have yours? Let me pull mine up. Uh, yeah, I have mine is a, a video that I watched of. Uh, I think I talked about it as a one-shock thing before. It's called mm. uh, Stevie's Wrestling Analysis. It's like, uh, I don't know if you know, you know, pro wrestling, WWE and all that. There's a, There was one star called Bret Hart. Mm. A very well-loved star from the 80s, 90s. And uh, he had a very uh, sad end to his, his wrestling career like, where he was kicked in the temple by another wrestler that, that mm. gave him concussion. And basically, since then, he's had a myriad of health problems from from that post-concussion uh, uh, injury. So this is the first time I've, I've seen a video of an uh, uh, ex-pro wrestler breaking down how that kick could have ended his career, like mm-hmm. why it was so bad and why where there were warning signs throughout the, the match. Uh, even though it's something very choreographed and all, there's still a lot of dangers involved in you know falling on the mat and all that. And there were certain points where he might already have been concussed earlier in the match, but because of his... His, you know, his desire to finish the, the match for the audience and everything. Uh, he went to a point where he got kicked in the head in, mm. in the temple and that that basically was like the 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 end for him like, you know, yeah. in terms of his career. So yeah, it's just a, um, you know, we watch a lot of, uh, you know, whether it's pro wrestlers or athletes doing things on television and we don't realize like, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot that goes into the planning and, and, and taking care of themselves that, uh, you know, things can go wrong. Uh. Uh, even for something as choreographed as pro wrestling, uh. mm. so yeah, it was the first time. I mean, I I knew him when I was growing up, watching it as a you know fan of pro wrestling, but to really watch it being dissected now and in, into like the techniques and what went wrong in the techniques of taking care of each other in the ring and all that, mm. uh, quite an eye opener, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Did 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 you do you watch wrestling? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And that was Bret Hart, is it? Bret Hart, yeah, yeah. As in, he himself was dissecting it. No, no, no. It was another oh, another. another wrestler, yeah, uh, who who does this channel where he dissects all these like uh, basically screw ups that happen in the. In I the see, ring, I see, yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. So cool. I mean, not not say shock la. It's not a shock thing, you know, to be happy about. But uh, interesting, interesting, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Uh, mine is a podcast by Ali Abdal. You know, Ali Abdal. He's a YouTuber. He used to be a doctor in training and then he became a big productivity expert then he started a YouTube channel. So he has this podcast where his one of his recent guests is uh, Stephen Bartlett who's like mm. a early 30s British guy like serial entrepreneur mm. and he runs the podcast Diary of a CEO. Oh, yes. uh, it's, it's one of the most popular podcasts in the world. But what I liked about it is that here are two super successful people but they were actually very real on the podcast. Like you would expect like, you know, on, on Instagram and social media, you see so many people just like, oh, like projecting like they are the best. And, and mm, like, mm. Uh, what they were talking about was how they struggle with relationships, you know, being so busy, how they man- manage that. And it just felt like, oh, these are two very successful people, but they were being, just talking about shit that any entrepreneur can relate to. Mm. So, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And Ali Abdal is someone that we also try to uh, learn from because he does a great job 
building a brand online. Mm. Yeah, so those are our shock things, Shanti. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about it. I think I have two things. Mm, okay. Sorry, it's one show. <laughs> but I'm going to say two. I'm going to break the rules. It's going to break the record. Okay? Break the record. <laughs> Breaking records, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, so first is um, my sister just mm. launched her newest children's book. Mm. So she's been doing a series of like um, the different festivals that happen in Singapore. So she started with the Christmas one last year. Okay. Mm. She did a Chinese New Year one. Um a Hari Raya one mm. and then now a Deepavali one. Oh, yeah. nice. So it's like a whole series and I think this is the last book if I'm not mm. wrong. Mm. So I mean she's always loved writing yeah. and she's loved putting it in a children's book format. So mm. What's the name of the series? Um, What is the last one called? This is a very good question. Wait. Or <laughs> 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 your sister's author, her author name. Her name yeah. is Valerie Pereira. Mm. Valerie Pereira. Okay. Yeah. And and the book is like out on. And the, okay, I'll tell you the name of the first one. It's called um, Stars on Orchard Road. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Is it? Wait. Mm. Give me one minute. Sure. 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 Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, oh, we cool. want to make sure it's hundred percent accurate. Hundred you know, percent. Yeah. We talk about. And at least song. then, if there's a link. That yeah. We so can Stars put. on Orchard was the first one. Mm. And then the recent one is. Called mm. Peacocks Around Little India. Mm. Yeah, so it's mm. very nice. And the, it's it's out already. People can. I think it's on pre-order. Pre-order, now. okay. And there's a website that we can put yeah, in. Yeah, it's show on. Notes, okay. uh, published by Epigram Books. Oh, nice. And what so, what age range was she uh, writing for? I would say eight and below. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Children's books, And Got the it. second thing is, um, so I've been kind of in contact. So I started in. This was in January. I was training with this girl called Zoe Hobbs in New Zealand. Mm. She's New Zealand's best sprinter. La. Mm. Yeah. And she recently made like New Zealand history by going under 11 seconds for oh, the 100 meters. Oh, yeah. Mm. Which is like the thing to do in 100 meters. La. Mm. And recently, she was just accepted into the Diamond League final. Okay. So Diamond League is basically the top league that you can get in in athletics. Okay. Yeah. So um, how you qualify for the finals is like you need to keep participating in different diamond leagues across the year. Mm-hmm. And then you have to come in at a certain place at each of those diamond leagues to be able to get into the final. Mm-hmm. And that final is happening in um, Eugene, Oregon. Okay. Yeah, so she did really well the previous one. It was in Brussels. Yeah. And so that got her ticket into the diamond league final. Oh. So, and it's like history again lah for New Zealand. And, for and it's her. happening soon? It's happening next week. Oh, okay. yeah. sweet. So, uh. just very happy for her. And, I mean, it's kind of nice because we were touring Europe together. Mm. I would see her at some meets. And, mm. Yeah, just, it's just nice to see. And what's her name again? Zoe Hops. Zoe Hops. Mm. And the Diamond League can be watched on like YouTube or uh, something? Actually, I think Diamond League is on one of the StarHub channels, oh, if yes, I'm not yes, wrong. Yes, okay. yeah. so yeah. But on YouTube, it's not. Um, it can't be streamed in Singapore but there's always uh, highlights that will be there's highlights yeah. Yeah, okay. highlights, highlights yeah. can be seen but not like the live stream I see, I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that's mm-hmm. awesome but yeah. Uh, yeah thanks so much Shanti thank you yeah. guys uh, wishing you all the best yeah, all thank the you best. so much uh, hope do you Singapore kick ass yeah. and do Singapore proud yeah, yeah. sweet I'll try my best <laughs> <laughs> try your best yeah try your best yeah. cool cool yeah. and uh, thanks everybody for listening and yeah talk to you all soon <laughs>